Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. We are closing out our Make Room series tonight that we've been in these last few weeks. And, uh, you know, we, as many of you know, we're in the middle of our week of prayer and fasting. And so if you're new here tonight or maybe you didn't realize that you came, no worries at all. This is just an invitation that we give um, all of our, our congregation that we get to do this together, that we get to set aside a week a year uh, to fast and pray together and believe for just more of God and believe for breakthrough in certain areas of our lives. And so um, it's really, fasting is not an easy thing to do. Okay, if this is your first time and you're like, this is so much harder, maybe I'm not doing it right. No, you're doing it right. It just is really hard. Um, it's not easy. But it's a physical discipline showing a spiritual need. We're, we're saying, God, I'm willing to do this even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, even though I can't think straight, I'm not formulating the right words, whatever. God, I just want more of you. I need more of you. I need you to show up in this area of my life. And so um, for all of you who are taking part in that this week, so awesome. We're so proud of you. We're doing it with you. Uh, we want to remind you we have another service Thursday night this week. It's a special service um, at the Center Riches campus at 7 p.m. And uh, it's always such a good one where we can just kind of gather together and just seek God together. And so if you got Thursday night free, I want to personally invite you to come on out to Center Riches. But uh, tonight, I'm, I'm not going to speak long. We're going to spend a little more time in worship at the end. Um, but I want to just talk to you about prayer really quick. And uh, I, I've just entitled this little talk, Teach Me How to Pray. Someone say, Teach Me How to Pray. I'm sure everyone in here can relate to a, a time in life. Maybe you got to go back to college or high school, or maybe you can think of a meeting at work where you had a very important question. There was a piece of information you were you needed some clarity on, but you did not want to be the person to raise your hand and ask the question because you were afraid that it was so obvious you were going to look really dumb if you asked it. And so you decided to take the approach, I'm just going to wait for someone else to ask it and look dumb. And... Uh, that was a joke. Nobody laughed. Maybe because you all do it a lot. But I've done that so many times in my life where you're just kind of afraid to ask something because you're afraid it's so obvious. Well, there's a, a portion of Scripture. We're going to look at two accounts that are recounting the same conversation with Jesus where a disciple actually chimes in to ask Jesus to teach him how to pray. Now, the reason why some of us may feel like that would be a dumb question is because, well, prayer is just us communicating with God. That would be like me asking someone to teach me how to talk to my wife. I mean, I just, I, I feel like that, you know, you don't need to go into detail. You don't need to really explain that. You just, you just talk to God. But those that were close with Jesus, those that walked with Jesus, Jesus' disciples who he was pouring himself into and mentoring, they could tell that there was something different about the way that Jesus prayed. Now, if, if prayer is our only form of communication with God, how many people think it's important to really understand how we should be praying? Doing it right. And so, I mean, you learn really quick when you get married, there's a difference between communication and healthy communication. Right? So this disciple, he kind of doesn't interrupt Jesus, but he waits for Jesus to finish up praying, and he asks him. He does this in Luke 11, verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was in prayer, one of his disciples came over to him, and as he finished said, would you teach us a model prayer that we can pray, just like John did for his disciples? Now, I love that, that he says model prayer, and not could you give us a script of what we're supposed to pray? He, he's asking Jesus, could you just teach us 
what we're supposed to do. Because prayer is not meant to be a, a religious transcript that you memorize word for word and that you recite. Prayer is, is a personal conversation with God. So we're going to bounce back and forth between Luke 11 and Matthew 6 really quick for these next few minutes. I want to show you how Jesus answers this disciple when he asks him for a model for prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 5, Jesus answers him by saying this. Whenever you pray, be sincere and not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meetings and on street corners. Believe me, they've already received in full their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your Father, who sees all you do, will reward you openly. When you pray, there is no need to repeat empty phrases, praying like those who don't know God, for they expect God to hear them because of their many words. There's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Our father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we've done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Now some of you in here may realize that you have memorized that verse in a different translation and it's a little different. We, we did that on purpose tonight. Because all too often, when we become familiar with something, we kind of lose the impact of it. And so I want to stretch you tonight to, to look at a verse that maybe you have memorized for years and that you could recite off the top of your head and, and encourage you to remind yourself that this wasn't meant to be recited. This was meant to be a model for a healthy prayer life. And so I want to just point out five things to you really quick that Jesus is pointing to with our prayer. Number one. Jesus is pointing out the fact that prayer makes it personal. Prayer makes it personal. When they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray like you do. There's something different about the way that you communicate with God. Isn't it amazing that Jesus, being the son of God, still needed to communicate with God the Father? You'd think that if anyone didn't need to spend as much time in prayer, it would have been the son of God, but he's the one who prioritized it the most. He's the one who is constantly drawing away. He's the one who is constantly making time for it. He's the one who, when he was getting crowds and he was getting recognition and building a reputation, was the one who realized the significance of pulling away from all of it and retreating to spend time alone with his father. So the men that were closest to him, the people that were closest to him, they realized there was something different. Jesus teaches to pray like you. Jesus' response, he says four times in five verses the word, Father. Father, because prayer is personal. What Jesus is doing, he's, he's making the point to repeat Father, 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 Father four times in five verses because he is giving you a picture of who you're praying to. Because it is too easy to approach prayer feeling like because you can't see God, because you can't see an expression on his face that you are just praying to a distant deity, an unbiased judge, somebody who's just looking to test you at every turn, somebody who's just playing this messed up game of, of hide and seek with you for your whole life. 
No, no, no. Jesus is giving you the picture of who you're communicating with when you pray by saying you are praying to your father. To your father. Now, it's so important to understand the mental picture of who you're praying to because when you realize who you're praying to, it shapes your approach. It shapes how you pray. So Jesus starts off his answer by saying you need to be sincere. Don't imitate anybody else. Don't say what you think you should say. Don't say what you heard somebody else say. Don't be a pretender. Be sincere. You know, it's amazing if you've had the privilege of having a good relationship with your your earthly father or or maybe not with a father or mother or, or a figure in your life. When you are close with somebody, when you have a relationship like a son and a father or a daughter and a father, you can't fool that person because they know you. So you can show up to the house wearing whatever you want to wear, talking however you want to talk, repeating something that you heard from somebody else. If you are being fake or phony, leave it to your parents to call you out. What are you doing? And you're like, come on, I'm in high school. I'm just trying to figure out who I am. They're like, no, 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 that's not you. I know you. That's not you. Jesus is saying you are praying to your father. You approach him as your father. Be sincere. Don't be anybody else but you. You're not having this conversation for anybody else. Don't worry about people hearing you. Don't worry about people uh, listening to the way that you pray. As a matter of fact, make sure that it is always personal. Go where nobody can hear you. Go in the, the innermost chamber and you spend time with your father, just you and him. Prayer makes it personal. When, when you understand that you're praying to a father, that shapes how you approach the person you're praying to, you, you approach him like a father. And when you approach him like a father, you can also receive from him like a father. You know, I, I've had the privilege of having an incredible dad. And so I, I've, I've had times where, you know, he's telling me that he's proud of me and he's speaking life into me. I've also had times where my dad had to bring correction. It helps when I know that my dad loves me. My dad is there for me, and he wants the best for me. I can receive a lot easier when I know it's my dad talking to me than a stranger. And so Jesus starts off by saying prayer has to be personal. It has to be personal. That's why we're given a model and not a script. Because you're talking to your dad, so be you. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to sound like anybody else. Don't try to pray what you feel like God wants to hear. You ever try to do that growing up? Your parents ask you a question, you try to give them the answer that they want to hear, and they're like, don't tell me that because you know I want to hear that. I ask you a question. Be for real with me. Don't, don't pray what you think God wants you to pray. Be you. Be you. So prayer makes it personal. Conversations are personal. Reciting things are religious. Your prayer life is meant to be a conversation between you and God, and it will never feel personal if it's not first personal in the way that you approach it. You know, when, when, when you fall into the trap of praying like you think you should be praying, saying what you think you should be saying, the only person that you're doing a disservice to is you. Because the moment that you begin to entertain a disingenuous way of communicating with God, you have just sacrificed and forfeited your own feeling of intimacy with your Father. Prayer is meant to be personal, makes it personal. Second thing that Jesus points out is that prayer shapes our perspective. 
He goes on to say, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your, ki- your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth. Your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. May the glory of your name be the center of which my life turns. What Jesus is getting at is that when you spend time communicating with God, prayer will shape your perspective. How many people know that it is human nature to be self-centered? It is human nature to be self-seeking. That you don't have to try hard at thinking about your own best interests whenever a situation comes up. That's just what you do. So Jesus, in this prayer that he's, he's praying in front of these disciples, is making a point that after it's personal, it's going to change the way that you view life. Because my life as a child of God, I am not at the center of it anymore. It's not about my glory. It's about God's. So it brings you to a place where you have to ask yourself the question, am I living for my glory or am I living for God's glory? Am I living life so that people see me or am I living to bring attention to God and what he's done for me? See, this is, this is so important because this is not a one-time fix. It's not like you, uh, you go to the shop and, and you, you get your perspective tweaked and now you're good for the next 20 years. This is a daily battle, multiple times a day, to renew and, and reshape the way that you think, the way that you feel, the way that you react, that I am not living life with me at the center anymore. The purpose of my life is to bring glory to God, is to point people to Jesus. This is why it's so important. If you can get this down, if you can value allowing God to reshape your perspective, this will spare you a lifetime of frustrations. Because if you are walking around in relationship with God and your main focus is bringing you glory and bringing attention to your life and, and, and you being at the center of everything that you do, guess what? God is in the business of glorifying himself of drawing people to himself. You will never be on the same page, and therefore you will live a life of frustration because you and God will never be communicating on the same level. So prayer makes it personal, but it also reshapes the way that we think, the way that we, we navigate life. Prayer is not about us bringing God closer to us. It's about us getting closer to him. Prayer is not, hey, God, make my will come true. God is not a genie. Prayer is about me saying, God, take my heart and bring it closer to yours. So prayer reshapes your perspective. The third thing is that prayer provides purpose. Jesus goes on to say, we acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Someone say each day. Forgive us the wrongs that we've done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. See, prayer should be tied to faith and action. Steps, right? You, you should be praying to God about things that are out of your control, but prayer should always highlight what you could be doing at the moment. Prayer should always bring you to a place of purpose. Yeah, you're at a season of life where it seems like everything's out of your control. But what can you control? What can you do? How, how can you have faith? How can you show God's love? How can you show God's patience? How can you show God's grace? Jesus is saying, God, I acknowledge you as my daily provider. Daily. Do we, 
do we have the approach that every day I'm looking for God to provide for me or I'm hustling because I provide for me, because I provide for my family? No, no, no. God, you are my daily provider. Jesus is referencing a story in the Old Testament about when his people were in the desert and they had nothing to eat. And so God literally was raining down food for them every single morning. But God was teaching them something because he told them, only gather what you need for today. When people didn't listen and they were, they were stressed that they weren't going to have enough food for the next day or the next week or be able to provide for their family, they would hoard as much as they could, more than just that day's worth. They would bring it home. They'd wake up the next morning, and it'd be rotten and full of bugs. God was teaching his people, you need to trust me every day. I am your portion. I am your provision. When you realize that God is your daily provider, that gives you the daily purpose of seeking him out each day. God, what do you have for me today? God, what am I supposed to do today? God, I'm overwhelmed with this season of life right now. I don't even know what I should do. I don't know what I could do. I, I don't know what the next step is. But God, I know that you provide for me. I know that you look out for me. I know that my steps are ordained by you. So God, show me what you want me to do today. God, I, I can't control how that person's going to react or, or how this conversation is going to go, but God, help me to walk it out how you want me to. Help me to start the conversation how you want me to start it. Help, help me to speak the words that you want me to speak. God, you are my provision today. You are my provider today. You are my sustainer today. So God, I need you today. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I need you today. Prayer will always bring you back to a place of purpose. The fourth thing, that Jesus points out is that prayer is your petition. He says, rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil, for you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Some of you in here, you're like, wow, it took until point four for Jesus to talk about our needs. Jesus is saying prayer is your platform to petition God. To involve God in, in the situation, to ask God to move, to ask God to work. And we should do that. That is what we should do. But too many times I start the prayer off with where I need God to move and what I need God to do. Notice that in Jesus' model of prayer, it's the last thing that he closes with. And God help us out. Rescue us from evil, spare us from temptation. Like be be with us. There are needs that we have, practical needs that we have. God, I ask you. To help with that. But it's at the end of the prayer. I don't know if you remember, but in verse 8 of what we started with, Jesus, when he was saying, don't imitate the way that other people pray, he says, he's your father in heaven who already knows what you need before you ask him. How much freedom is there in the fact that when I pray with God, I don't need to remember all 87 points on my prayer checklist? I don't need to have the pressure. If I don't vocalize it this morning, God probably won't answer it. No, no, no. He's your father. He loves you. He actually knows the situation better than you do. I know you think you know that person's intentions. I know you think you know your own intentions. God actually knows it all way more than you do. God knows what you need. He's already on it. He's your father. He knows you. See, when you... Save until the end to start to bring up the practical things in your life. First of all, you're reminding yourself, God already knows. God already sees. 
But secondly, when you've made it personal and you realize that this is your father who you're talking to, that he loves you more than anybody, he's done everything for you, you've allowed your perspective to be reshaped. You've reminded yourself that he's your provider, nobody else, no job, no raise, no boat, nothing else. He's your provider and that you have daily purpose to seek him out. Well, at that point, by the time you get to your need, you may actually be praying differently for your need. I can't tell you how many times I have started by just informing God of everything that's going on in my life. I get so caught up and consumed with this situation, I feel worse when I leave than when I started. The reason is because I am no more God aware, I am just more aware of my problem. I have just reminded myself of how much life stinks at the moment. And the time that should be spent between me and God and and not trying to bring God into my dysfunction, but me actually positioning my heart to be closer to his, I've just wasted by just concentrating on, on everything that I'm facing. So prayer is your platform to petition God, but but don't lead with that. Don't don't let that be the focus. The need is not the focus. The need is you being closer to him, and everything else has a way of working out. This last thing that I want to point out to you, we're going to bounce back to, to Luke where we started in this account. But that's the fact that prayer should be persistent. Prayer should be persistent. Jesus gives this illustration, and he says, you know, if, if you had some company show up that you were not expecting in the middle of the night, and you realized that you didn't have enough food for them, if you went to your friend's house and you knocked on the door and you said, hey, I got company that I wasn't expecting, and, and, and I need to borrow some food, and your friend said, go to bed, it's 2 a.m., my kids are asleep, I'm not getting out of bed, I'll talk to you in the morning. If you didn't take no for an answer and you kept banging on that door, at some point your friend would get out of bed and he'd give you what you need. Jesus says, if your persistence can get your friend out of bed, how much more do you think your heavenly father wants to meet your needs? He says in verse 10, so it is with your prayers. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll discover. Knock on heaven's door and it will one day open for you. Every persistent person will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he needs. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. Verse 13 says, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? You know, sometimes we can get in our own head and we can get a little frustrated if we've been persistently praying about something and the situation isn't working out the way that we'd hope. Or maybe we just feel like there's there's no movement. This is amazing that Jesus gives this illustration because he's saying not that it's just okay, but prayer should be persistent. Don't give up. Don't give up. Now, some of you in here, you may be like, I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure, though, because maybe I've been praying for something for, you know, 20 years and I haven't seen it happen yet. Where do I go with that? Does God not hear me? No, no, no. Well, this is what's awesome. When you started your prayer time off with reminding yourself that you're speaking to your heavenly father who loves you more than anything. There's this safety net. That when you pray persistently, God loves that. 
God loves that you're coming to him, that you're not giving up. But you have this safety net of God realizing, man, if I gave you everything that you asked for, it'd be bad. If I gave my kids candy every time they asked me for candy, every tooth in their head would be rotted out of their mouth by age three. If I let my kids stay up as late as they wanted every single night, my kids would be absolute dysfunction, chaos at school the next morning. I don't give my kids every single thing that they ask for because as their dad, I know what they need. We have this amazing safety net that you can pray with persistence. And guess what? It's going to end in two ways. Either the door that you're knocking on will open or another door will open that God knows you need more than the one you've been knocking on. You can't lose. You can't lose. Jesus says, pray persistently. Come to me with everything that you have. But the goal of even this week of prayer and fasting is not that we discourage ourselves by by overwhelming ourselves with this checklist of every single area where we need God to move. The amazing thing about this is I can bring those areas to God and be like, God, I know you love me. I know you see these things. I know you got this. I just need to be closer to you. I just just need to be closer to you. And, And here's the amazing thing. I shared this on Sunday. Last year I did something a little different where I, I narrowed five things down that I wanted to pray for, and I dedicated a day of the week for each thing. I didn't want to pray about anything, any other need other than that need. And um, i got to be honest with you, at the end of the week of prayer and fasting, guess how many needs were met? Zero. If you would have asked me three months later where I saw breakthrough, zero. Six months later, zero. I don't know about nine months, but I will tell you this. A year later, Sunday morning, I was sitting in my truck praying, getting ready for this, and I pulled up that list, and I realized that over the course of a year, three of those needs were miraculously met. And guess what? Two of the three were not at all what I prayed for, but ended up being way better than what I was asking for. And I sat there going, thank you, God. I couldn't have seen that. I, I didn't even know that that was an option. <laughs> Man, I'm really glad that you didn't just meet the need that I presented to you, but as my dad, you picked out what was best. I want to just end tonight. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we have a, a prayer team that's going to be standing along the back gate. I, if you're here tonight and you are overwhelmed with something, you are facing a need, there's an area that you know you need breakthrough, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you tonight. They'd love to hear you out, give you a hug, encourage you however they can. As soon as we start to sing, you can make your way back there, and they'd love to pray with you. For the rest of us, I want to just, I want to ask you to do something tonight. Being that we already know that God sees every need that we have, could we just take a few minutes to close out tonight and just to kind of encourage ourselves as we're halfway through this week? To just thank God for being a father. To just remind ourselves of how good he is, how faithful he is, how holy he is, how perfect he is. To thank God for where he's brought us. Yeah, my life isn't perfect, but it's way better than it was if I didn't know him. Maybe I'm not where I should be, but but God has done so much in my life. Could we just take a few minutes and just praise God for being God Come on, if you're here tonight, I want to just invite you to raise your hands. I want to just invite you to to tune out all the things that are trying to distract you right now, all the things that have been weighing heavy on your heart. 
I want to just ask you, just begin to say, God, I need you right now. God, you are my daily portion. God, I need you right now. I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to hear you. I need to be closer to you. God, we, we just thank you tonight for who you are. Lord, you are such an incredible father. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for not just creating us, but saving us. We thank you that we don't need a priest. We don't need a prophet. We don't need a pastor to talk to you. But because you've done what you've done, I can directly communicate with you. Jesus, I pray that tonight and as we go forward with this week of prayer and fasting, that we would see a new side of you, Jesus. God, I pray that areas of our lives where maybe we have unintentionally pulled away a little bit, God, I pray that you would pull us back. God, I don't want to manipulate you into doing what I want, but God, I want to see what you're doing. God, I want my heart to be closer to you. God, I don't want you to reflect me. I need to reflect you. So Jesus, as we just begin to sing this, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin to speak to every single one of us. God, bring encouragement where it's needed. Bring peace where it's needed. God, I pray that you'd breathe joy into some dead, discouraged places tonight. God, we look to you. We acknowledge tonight that you are the solution to every need that we have. God, that you are our provision. You are our provider. We look to you tonight. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.